Welcome to Leading Simple. I'm your host, Rusty George, and today we are listening to episode 119 and excited to have my good friend Brad Williams on the podcast as we talk about a problem that a lot of us have, and that is how do we handle rejection? It never felt good in sixth grade when you would write that note to that girl and say, do you like me? Check one of the boxes and she would check no. That rejection still feels the same the older you get. And whether that is a dating relationship, whether that is feeling like your kids are declining your call, or whether that is people that you work with that have just rejected you in some form or fashion, it always hurts. And I think right now we are in a season of heightened rejection as we are constantly wrestling with our own opinions, assuming everybody else should believe the way we do, and when they don't, we reject. And we have felt that sting as well. Today, Brad and I are going to dive in to that content. Thank you for being with us. This is Leading Simple. So, Rusty, how are you doing? Brad, I'm on top of the world, my man. At the time we're recording this, the Lakers have just come off their 17th World Championship. Yeah. And the only thing that could feel better than that is their 18th, which will be one more than the Celtics. Don't you agree? I completely agree. That should be coming next year. I hope so. I yeah. hope so. Yeah. A lot of trades, a lot of trade rumors. So I'm feeling yep. pretty good about the last one was that we were getting Rose. So really? Oh, I had yeah. not heard that. Okay. Yeah. Yep. We'll Just see so how that you plays know. out. Yes, indeed. We should we should start a sports podcast one day. We should. Um, but today so Brad, is not how are that you doing? day. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been a uh, it's been a good week so far. Um, at the time we're recording this, like you said, not only Lakers win, but Dodgers game one. So uh, I'm excited, excited for L.A. Um, but, yeah, it's been a good week. That's awesome, man. Well, yeah. it's good to see you again and good to do the podcast again. And today we're talking about handling rejection like Jesus did. So, Brad, take it away. Um, yeah, so on this topic, handling rejection like Jesus, I am curious to hear from you because one thing I do know is that in this day and age, we need to um, not just have faith in Jesus, but like a wise pastor once says, have the faith of Jesus. So a lot of people aren't doing a good job handling rejection with everything going on, um, with couples divorcing during this pandemic and all these other things that are happening. So uh, when it comes to uh, examples, do you have any examples of Jesus being rejected? Well, I mean, obviously, you think about him on the cross. You know, at this point, the only person left with him is his mother and the Apostle John. That's all that's left out of the thousands that showed up for the free meal and the dozen that followed him around. That's all you get left. Um uh-huh. But obviously, then you've got the bigger issue of all of humanity rejecting him at that point. Um, you get uh, one guy next to him mocking him. His disciples have all run. One has betrayed him. One has denied him three times. And the spiritual and the political leaders of the day didn't believe in who he said he was. So a lot of rejection. And if we are going to embrace the fact that Jesus was fully God and fully man, not 50-50, but 100-100, then we have to understand that he was feeling that pain. And then then the other really interesting factor is that because he's consumed with our sin, he's rejected by his father on yeah. the cross because yeah. his father can't gaze upon such, on, upon such sin. So 
which is why he cries out, you know, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So um, I think we see the, the worst of the worst of rejection in him. And yet, yet sometimes when we face rejection, it feels like it's the worst thing that's ever happened. Wouldn't you agree, Brad? Yeah, no, I completely agree. It feels absolutely horrible. And while you were talking about examples, I was reminded of the Garden of Gethsemane, too. Mm, um, yeah. And the amount of stress that he felt because um, it was saying he was sweating drops of blood. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just never you know, when when it comes to Jesus and, and rejection, I think a lot of people, like you said, they don't realize he was 100 percent man, 100 percent God. He felt all of that, you know, all of that. And so, yeah, for me, I feel, um, well, I'm a type two in the Enneagram. So for me, I feel rejected um, whenever I try to help and do things for people as a leader and it is not reciprocated. And it irks me to no end. It irks me at home. It irks me at the workplace. And I have to, you know, I silently stew in my, you know, in my rejection and in my frustration and my anger. And um, I realized that, you know, it's not a healthy place to be, but just it just doesn't feel good to be rejected. And what I realized about rejection is that it builds for me. It builds up. How about you? Yeah, it, it really is that uh, that pressure cooker, isn't it? I mean, some people, their temperament, they just explode. And the moment they get angry, then they get over it. And people like you and I, we just let it simmer yeah. for a long, yep. long time until finally, <laughs> finally the tea kettle is whistling. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's not a good experience for anybody around. Uh, no, but we hold it in. We hold it in. Like for mm. you, what what examples? Because, you know, um, once again, for those of you who aren't listening, I'm big on the Enneagram and uh, I use it for, for leadership, for business, for a lot of stuff. And Rusty is a six. And so for you, would a form of rejection be um, if someone does not? It's a loyalty thing for sixes. It's a loyalty yeah. thing. It is. And, you know, I'm, I'm loyal to a fault, but then if you do me wrong, then we're done. And yeah. um, if you make amends, I'll forgive you, but I'm not bringing you back in the inner circle because <laughs> right. I know who you are now. So I, I think that, you know, a six on the Enneagram that's so, you know, tied into loyalty, that's a huge thing. You being a two, being a helper, if someone doesn't reciprocate that, I can see the, the rejection you feel with that. Um, and certainly in church leadership, my goodness, I mean, I've always heard that people leaving your church is normal, but it still feels like you're the only person that's ever had it happen when it happens to you. And I've done everything I can to talk people out of leaving and they leave anyway. So it's not worth the price of the cup of coffee I pay for to sit down, talk them into staying. <laughs> well, now, as your friend, um, you know, I've known you for a few years now and you are someone who is uh, really loyal you know, you support people. And so for you, you don't, I don't feel like you understand when that's not, when other people don't think the same way. And I think a lot of people out there listening are the same way. They have a certain language or a certain way they understand things. And when that trust is broken or when people reject, um, when they're trying to do something good, they handle it the wrong way. And how would you say that the world handles rejection versus how Jesus handles rejection? Well, that's a great question, Brad, and I'm going to flip it back to you here in just a second. I'll give you time to think, but based on the Enneagram, how does each number deal with rejection? I'll let you think about that for just a second, but I think your standard issues are typically you get bitter, um, you explode, 
you sometimes think that in the future that everybody that is like that person is going to do the same thing to you. Um, it, it can really make you very, very jaded. And I think we all know people that are bitter people and you peel back mm-hmm. the onion a little bit and you discover the reason they are is because of something that happened to them years ago and they've never gotten over it and they've put on those lenses and that's all they see now are people trying to take advantage of them, people trying to, uh, um, you know, swindle them in some way or somebody that's going to hurt them. So Brad, based on the Enneagram, the one through nine numbers, we've already talked about two and six, but how do the other seven deal with rejection? What's that look like? Well, it's quite interesting because one, uh, which is called the perfectionist, typically uh, they have a very strong sense of right and wrong. So when they uh, and they see things in black and white, for the most part, very passionate people, very driven people. And when they try to do something good that they think is right and that gets rejected, they can become extremely critical. Um, And a lot of times just ones in general, they're 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 relaxed, like natural um, criticism, so to speak, is mistaken as anger, you know, because they tend to react from the gut. So um, so you imagine when they really are rejected and how they would react. Um, so that's that's a one, uh, a three, which is called the achiever. They're more focused on on results. They want to wow you and impress you with what they've accomplished. And that's their love language. And so when you reject that, um, then they can, you know, spiral into a not a good place. And the thing I like about the Enneagram um, is that it tells you healthy and unhealthy behaviors. So obviously the healthier you are as a one or two or three or whatever, your reaction will be a little different. But typically uh, that's how that's how three will react. Um, four, uh, fours are the creative, the artsy, the ones who they, they stand out by standing out. They, their value is, uh, achieved by them being different and them standing out. And so if someone were to make them feel common or reject them, then they could go into an isolated place. Um, they disconnect. Um, yeah, they could just cut people off, uh, much like a six. Um, five is, uh, I work with a five. I love fives. And, um, the five is the, what's the name for them? They're the analytical, uh, thinkers. They're the ones that, uh, have facts and have data. They're logical. They're reasonable. Um, they don't like a whole lot of, um, they don't like a whole lot of, uh, confusion or feel they're not big on feelings, but, they want to be valued because of what they bring to the table and what they bring to the table is the fact that they will get information and they'll see the big picture. They'll see the end at the beginning and they want people to respect that, give them their space, allow them to be who they are so they can help. And if they don't get that, then uh, they become on the angry side. Um, They tough to deal with when they're not, they're not happy. I live with one of those and uh, yeah, she can get that way. Yeah. Things don't uh, work out logically. Who's a five? Uh, my oldest daughter. Okay. Uh, joy's a five. Yeah. 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 They, so not yeah. Not always the joy. Yeah. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, no, not all the time. Um, sevens are the enthusiastic ones and they, 
they want to have a good time. They are great for starting stuff up, um, but they get bored quickly. And so rejection to them, they could just move on to something else. Uh, eights, I'm married to an eight. So, you know, her, yeah, and so are you. Uh, her, she's the, the challenger and uh, her, you know, the way she loves is by challenging. She's very protective. She cares about everybody. She's a true mama bear. Um, however, when, she, when those efforts are rejected, and the thing that's interesting about eights is a healthy, healthy eight uh, takes on the characteristics of a two. So a healthy eight becomes overly help, like super helpful. And it's funny to me because, see, twos can be intrusive. They're so helpful, it's too much. And that's what happens sometimes when an eight is on the healthy side. They're trying, they're helping you with stuff you don't need help with. But then if you don't receive that or you reject that, then you have a problem because they will let you know how they feel. And they'll just, they will isolate. They will break away and be to themselves. So, you know, after they've, you know, told you how they feel. And when they do, you know, when they do get upset, they get upset. So as I'm sure, you know, uh, I do, I do. That makes a lot of sense because I've seen that with us when we're trying to work on something around the house, Lori will say, do you need help with that? That's her being healthy and being a, a, a two version of the eight. And as a six, I'm like, I, I got this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Stop asking yep. me. Just back off. And then I've offended her and she won't ask again. So, <laughs> Same exact thing in our house. Same exact thing. <laughs> and I have to catch myself because I know this stuff, but I'm like, you know, and she'll, my wife will be everything to everybody. But, uh, you know, there are times when, when you don't recognize that it's, you, you miss it. You're going to be in trouble. Like you'll hear it. Like, you know, you'll hear it. You know, you messed up. So true. Um, and then the last one is a nine, the peacemaker. And the peacemaker wants to avoid conflict at all costs. Um, and so because they want to avoid conflict, their efforts to keep the peace, they want them to be received and reciprocated. And when they're not, then you could lose them all together. So I recommend, you know, anybody out there who's dealing with rejection um, and, and trying to work on themselves um, and, and how how their behavior affects other people. The Enneagram is a great tool. Any self-help, self-development type test um, is good. It's just good to kind of know who you are so you know how you impact other people. Yeah, that's so good, Brad. And I think that, you know, the takeaway is that uh, when it comes to these numbers, it's not as if one of them's right, one of them's wrong. It's just kind of the way that we're wired. I think the goal for us is to be the healthy version of that. And Jesus mm -hmm. models that for us. Um, I, I love the way, for instance, there's a story of the rich young ruler that comes to Jesus and says, what do I have to do, you know, to get into heaven? And, and Jesus knows the thing that's holding, that's holding him back is as well. So he says, well, sell everything, give it away and follow me. And the guy leaves and Jesus lets him leave. And I think that's, that's really good for probably about half those numbers. Uh, mm -hmm. there's some of us that just need to let some people go and be okay with that. Yeah. Um, there's other times people reject Jesus and then he walks away and he's okay with that. And then there are you know, the rest of us that feel that we got to go justify ourselves or make things right. Um, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone, as Paul says. So if you have hurt somebody, yeah, absolutely make amends. If they're mad at you and you don't know why, ask them why. But if it's something you can't own, or that really isn't on you, then you just have to let it go. 
because rejection happens to all of us. It happened to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, we do this to God all the time by our, by our behavior. We have to be able to understand that if Jesus can take it going through what he went through, then he will give us the strength to handle it going through what we go through. Oh, that's good. That's so good. And um, also on that same note, what I loved about Jesus is he didn't let um, rejection change his direction. You know, a lot of times when, when we feel rejected, we will stop and we'll do, we'll meditate on what hurt us and it'll change our trajectory. Like you can really get, um, you know, you can really get messed up by holding on to any kind of bitterness. And Jesus never did that. Like as much as he was rejected, it never changed how much he loved and it never changed the mission and what he did. When the father said, you know, that, you know, he could, the cup couldn't pass at the garden of Gethsemane, he still did what he was supposed to do. Yeah. He never, he never stopped. Uh, he never lost his way or lost his focus. Yeah, so true. So for those of you that are that are handling rejection right now, and I realize this comes in all different extremes. It, it could be somebody at work doesn't like you. It could mm-hmm. be a neighbor that won't talk to you. Brad, I know that you experienced that on your street. Yes, indeed. Um, it, it, or it could be you're going through a divorce right now and you're feeling rejection. There's different levels of this. I totally get it. But some of the things that will help is to talk with somebody else about it. Certainly talk to God about it. And then I love this question I heard years ago from a pastor and it's from John chapter or sorry, James chapter four, where it says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? You, and it really comes down to you. Uh, you have not because you ask not. In other words, you have asked from other people things that only God can give you. And so you have tried to squeeze out of maybe your spouse, out of a friend, out of a child, maybe affirmation or worth or mm-hmm. purpose that they really aren't equipped to give you. Right. And so you really have to ask yourself, can I stop getting that out of somebody else? And maybe I need to ask God for that. And so redirecting where your rejection is coming from uh, would go a long ways and, and really help you. That's good. That's good, Rusty. Well, uh, as always, it's been fantastic. Um, I feel like this had to have blessed somebody out there. So if you guys have any more, any questions after listening to this, or you want to continue the conversation, always feel free to email uh, Rusty. And Rusty, that email address? It's B. Williams <laughs> at AOL. I'm kidding. It's rgeorge at reallifechurch.org. Love to hear from you. I'd love for you to post something on one of our social media pages. And we will talk to you next time. Well, so glad you were with us for this episode. Next week, we'll be back with a brand new episode with uh, one of our favorite guests on the podcast. She is a world-renowned blogger and vlogger because her video blogs literally go viral every time she puts one out. Her name is Christina Kuzmich. She's a member of our church, and she is the truth bomb for moms uh, soundbite woman, and she has such great insight on being a mom during COVID, protecting your kids from social media bullies, and just how to lead your family during this time. Cannot wait for you to hear it. Until then, keep leading simple. Let's just